0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a, oh my gosh, I forget this every year. Every year, I forget what we call the Tuesdays in January after the power rankings are over and before we go to three days a week in the offseason after the end of the Super Bowl. That is wild. I, I forget. I forget every, I think we've done... Because I'm going to get to several email questions today. So I know we've gotten, we've had something, and you guys had some good ones for taking email questions. So we got this week, next week, and then the week after that, I'll actually be doing the show from the Super Bowl. I'm going to be at the Super Bowl Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, at least of that week, uh, recording our shows from out there uh, because of. um, An arrangement with DraftKings, which is really cool. We are presented, of course, by DraftKings. I think we said like Tuckheads Tuesday. Obviously, we have new Tuckheads pretty much every day. Shout out to today's Chris Terry. Listen, you're all on some level Tuckheads, but the official Tuckheads go to patreon.com slash RT media and they sign up to become Tuckhead members of our Patreon, which Gets them access to the private Slack channel where they can chat with all the other listeners about the show, about football, about food. And obviously, you get all of the even money bets right there in black and white. You get the Friday picks, the press box food grades, power rankings, et cetera. Um, we will have that reminds me, by the way. Jack, did I ever talk about the Eagles press box food? I can't remember.
1: You did not. I know I
0: mentioned the Buffalo press box food, but I think I skipped over the Eagles press box food, didn't
1: I? You did skip over Philly. I won't hold that. Really, it Buffalo
0: was really good. Yeah, they had like I think it's like pasta fagoli or something fagoli. I don't know. It's like some type of soup. Then they had hoagies. They always have hoagies, which I greatly appreciate because that's typically my halftime. I'll have like a turkey hoagie and an Italian hoagie, and then before the game. They had uh, bison spare ribs, which were good. Chicken tiki marsala, which was good. And then, like, sour seared tuna. I don't know why it was called sour. It wasn't really sour, but I'm a big tuna guy. I try to eat, like, you guys see the videos, but I try to eat healthy. If there's like my favorite thing to eat a lot of times is good tasting stuff that's still healthy. Cause then it's like, I feel good about myself while I'm like, I think I had four pieces of tuna. I'm just crushing the tuna. Cause it was, it tasted good. And I know tuna is good for you. So anyway, uh, well done by the Eagles. I'd give them an A. Um, <clears throat> definitely an A. Cause the cookies were good that they had on the side table. And it's all about the soft pretzels to be able to take them home for the drive home. Those soft pretzels are so awesome. That's a that's a big part of the Philadelphia press box food experience is the Philly pretzels uh, with the spicy mustard. May or may or not have um, gotten one of those spicy mustard bottles in my bag by accident for the four-hour drive to Corning, New York, as I crushed soft pretzels to try to stay awake. Um, it's already Tuesday, which means... Friday, we'll have a spread the word winner. And we're growing those two things pretty quickly Facebook.com slash, I guess, Ross Tucker Pod on Facebook and Ross Tucker NFL on TikTok. So, as long as that's working, I think I'll keep picking the spread the word winner from that. Sponsor confirmation email winner. I love that because I love sending you guys a signed press pass. I've got awesome ones. There's really no reason not to get the free trial at Peloton. Or go to westshorehome.com slash Ross to get the free consultation, or just go to the sponsors page at RossTucker.com and see what sponsors, if any, you feel like you can take advantage of. Then we'll have the YouTube shout out later in the week as well. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. By the way, make sure you listen to the show because you got to know when you're the winner, right? I mean, you got to know when you won so that you can tell me who you want the shout-out to be for. So if you're one of those people that does the the thing on YouTube.com slash rawsteckerNFL, the the follow-up is important. i got to create the video for you. you got to tell me who I'm doing it for. By the way, I don't know if I mentioned this yesterday. Shout-out to Jan Lehman. He's a diehard Bills fan, Um, long-time loyal listener, met me at my car yesterday or Sunday before the Bills game and gave me a couple of delicious desserts, like a carrot cake. And I think the other one's like a tiramisu, maybe. And uh, a couple of awesome daddy sodas. Jan, you are the man. Thank you so, so much. Um, Nothing I like more than getting a chance to see any of you guys in person. Uh, It just makes it more real. right? Right now, I'm in my detached garage in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, staring into a camera by myself. It just makes it more real when I actually get a chance to meet some of you guys in person. And it was really cool, both the Eagles game and the Bills game, having so many people say hi or that they're big fans, that they listen. That's cool. That's really cool for me. And I'll be on the sideline Sunday for the Eagles game. So hopefully there will be even more of you at that point that will, uh, that will see me on the sideline and say hello. Other than that, Jack, it's big show time. The Big Show.
1: All right, we're also doing something new today, talking about the uh, divisional round losers, kind of recapping everything from them for their seasons and whatnot. But this was your segment, so do you want to kind of give your preview? Well, so
0: it? two weeks ago, we did the um, – after the season, then we did the power rankings, right? Yeah. And then after the wild card round on Tuesday, we did – the the we you know we went over the Cowboys game the night before Cowboys Bucks thought about getting a guest today but we'll see i mean i'm going to get a guest tomorrow and we'll have Greg on Thursday i guess i thought it might be cool to kind of give a um, a lay of the land so to speak about how i feel about the divisional round losers the teams that lost in the divisional round because i mean they made the final 8 And if you make the final eight, you are a darn good team. And you are very much in the mix, you know, to to be going to Super Bowls in in subsequent years. So I just thought it was interesting just to talk about the teams and sort of where they go from here. The Jacksonville Jaguars, we'll start with them, Jack. Man, I feel pretty good about them. You know? You know, okay, ETN's good at running back. Trevor Lawrence was playing better and better. Um, their wide receiving core, you know, Christian Kirk had a nice year. Marvin Jones was solid. Zay Jones had a really good year. So I don't have the free agent status of all these guys, but I know like Evan Ingram signed a one year deal. So that's something that the Jags need to consider is bringing him back because he had a really good productive year for them. Um, I think their offensive line is solid. I think that there's an argument to be made that there's some potential places to upgrade there. Um, Defensively, I, I think that they could have some upgrades there as well, like on the back end. But what I think is most interesting maybe about the Jaguars is they're not far away. You know, they could always have another edge rusher, right? Like they could always have another D tackle, I like their off-the-ball linebackers with Foyer Aluakon and Devin Lloyd. Um, I like Rashawn Jenkins at safety. I like Cisco. I mean, the the thing that's interesting to me about the Jaguars is I look at their roster and I don't look at it and think, boy, they got a lot of work to do or they're in a bad spot. I look at it and think they're in a good spot and that they just need to kind of grow up together. You know, like they needed to take those strides this year. And look, there'll be some, some roster tweaking, certainly, but this is a pretty good roster that is not far away. They're just kind of young and inexperienced, but they got that experience in big games. Three of them Titans game, Chargers game, Chiefs game, the question is, what are the little tweaks they can make to try to cement themselves again in the AFC South, but also to try to take a step towards what seems to be the elite of the AFC, the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Buffalo Bills, but I think the Jaguars are are in a good spot there, Jack.
1: We'll move next to the New York Giants who also thought off the Philadelphia Eagles
0: 38-7. So the Giants are in a much different situation than the Jaguars. The Giants, it's like they've been working so hard to get back to respectability. And this year, they were sort of even better, I would say, than respectability. But yet now they have all these free agents. I mean... I don't know. I, I don't really look at that as being a good problem to have. I mean, they, you know, first of all, they have, like, I don't feel as good about the Giants as I do about the Jaguars because the Giants still have holes in their roster, more so than the Jags. Wide receiver, they need to upgrade. Offensive line, they need to upgrade. Linebacker, they need to upgrade corner they need to upgrade i mean there's a bunch of places on the giants roster where you look at them and think they got to get better there i mean to really have a chance they got to get better there but then even some of their guys that you know they don't need to get better at necessarily they're free agents you know daniel jones is a free agent saquon Barkley is a free agent my guess, I mean, I think they'll try pretty hard to get Saquon Barkley signed to a long-term deal, but they were pretty far apart, supposedly, during the season. They were trying to sign him for like $12 million a year. You know, he wants more like McCaffrey, $16 million a year. That's a pretty big divide. So that's one one thing to note. And then Daniel Jones, I kind of feel like after that game, on Saturday night, Jack. I kind of feel like they're going to franchise tag him. I mean, I'm sure they would offer him like a team-friendly long-term deal, but I just don't know that Daniel Jones will do that, and I don't think um I don't think he should do that, right? I think he could I think he could bet on himself, but if you're the Giants, he played pretty poorly Saturday night. And I don't know that you want to commit multiple years of guarantees to Daniel Jones at this point. I don't know that you want to do that. I I think that they might... I think franchise tag is the right thing play for Daniel Jones and probably, in my mind, the non-exclusive. Is there someone out there that could come in and give him a lot of money? Yeah, I mean, maybe, but I don't know that I see that happening. And if it does, then the Giants have the chance to to match if they want or they get whatever it is the two first round picks. So I think I'd probably give him I might get Joel Corey on tomorrow to talk about this just so I know the dollar amounts but I might get him give him the uh the non-exclusive franchise tag if I'm the Giants. But that's that's my concern with the Giants is they just have a bunch of holes and a bunch of free I mean Dexter Lawrence wants a new contract and they better give him one because he was clearly their best player. Now I'm sure, I'm sure they picked up his fifth year option, right? I can look that up, but I'm sure they picked up Dexter's fifth year option. So they have him under contract next year, but that's not the same as uh, yeah, they picked up his fifth year option. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's making twelve million next year, but I am quite sure that he wants you know a, a long term contract now, and I don't blame him with the season that he had. so the Giants have a lot of work to do
1: Next up is the Buffalo Bills, probably the best team of the bunch that was eliminated this past weekend after a disappointing loss at home to the Cincinnati bengals
0: so this is this is tough, Jack, because they were the favorites coming into the year. They had very high expectations and they just clearly got outplayed by the Bengals. And quite frankly, they didn't even look that great the week before against Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins. The bills, first of all, need to get better up front on both sides of the ball. I don't think Gabe Davis took the step forward this year that, they needed or wanted him to take. So I think that they would consider trying to get another receiver, trying to get another weapon on the outside to pair with Stephon Diggs and maybe think of Gabe Davis more as a number three. I don't know what they'll do up front on the offensive line. They had good depth with guys like Bobby Hart and Van Roten and Questenberry, but it's not... It's not like the Eagles offensive line, right? Like they have good players. They don't have great players. Do they try to make an upgrade there? I think people are perpetually talking about them maybe getting a running back. I don't know that they need to do that or they will do that. They definitely need to get better up front on defense. And the thing is, is they've invested a lot of resources there. A lot. You know, Jordan Phillips and Settle. And then you have Von Miller and Ed Oliver and... Rousseau and Boogie Basham and that's the thing that, you know, the Jags, I feel pretty good about Jack, the Giants have a lot of work to do. The bills, it's just kind of head scratching. I, I, I would not be shocked if they make coaching staff changes. And I don't think it would be McDermott, but I think they're going to make some changes um, on the coaching staff because they, it feels like they got to shake something up there because that was a very disappointing game. They, they weren't really even that competitive against the Bengals. That was surprising. I'll be, I'll be curious. The Bills are the one I guess I would say I'm the most curious about where they go and what they do from here.
1: And we'll wrap things up with the team with possibly the most bleak outlook being the Dallas Cowboys after their tough loss to the San Francisco 49ers. Why do you say that? Well, they, they're all talking about everybody. Well, Dak Prescott was getting a lot of money. got Zeke Elliott's contract. Has a big cap hit that they really can't get out of unless they restructure it. I'm sure he's not really willing to do that. Those are the two big. It's mainly from a cap perspective is why I would say that.
0: Um, well, Dak is fine. Um, Dak's a good quarterback I don't know that I have a great explanation for all the turnovers all the interceptions but he's got to figure that out because that hurt them a lot and he knows it I don't know if they'll look at Michael Gallup as being good enough to be their number two I would think that they would consider trying to get somebody else in there as a number two and see if Gallup's a three or maybe they just think he'll be fine next year a year further removed from that injury, which is certainly possible. On the offensive line, they've got some decisions to make up there. They'll get Steele back at right tackle. Are they still going to roll with Tyron Smith at left tackle? Tyler Smith at Tyler Smith at left guard. I mean, it, they've got some interesting situations there. McGovern's a free agent. My guess is he'll go somewhere else as a starter. Um, I think I'd have to look and see exactly what the cap hit is for Zeke. Um, My guess is he will stay there on a uh, restructured contract or take a pay cut. Because he's not going to get that anywhere else. Um, Looks like the dead cap, if they got rid of him, would be almost 12 million, you know, that's not ideal, but that's doable. I mean, the dead cap this for 2022 would have been 30 million. So I think 12 million dead cap for Zeke is doable. I don't think he really wants to go somewhere else. I think he sees the value of being a Dallas Cowboy. I think he wants to stay there. And I think they'll even be able to get him to take a pay cut. And they'll be like, listen, pay cut or we got to cut you. I don't think he wants to try to go somewhere else. No one's going to give him close to that money. So even for him to get a pay cut from the Cowboys from 11 million for this year down to 5 million, I think he would consider that. So the Cowboys are interesting defensively. I think they could continue to get better at D tackle and probably a corner are two of the positions I think that they'll they'll look at. Uh, But they obviously have a very talented team. It would not have shocked me if they had won the Super Bowl. Here's a problem. Tony Pollard's a free agent. I mean, that is bad. Now, him getting hurt probably actually helps them a little bit, and that might scare some teams off. And maybe they end up franchising Tony Pollard if he doesn't, if they can't get him signed to a long-term deal. So, I thought that was interesting, Jack. We'll see. Give me. We always like your feedback for stuff like that. Um, I mean, theoretically, we should do that for like every team at some point in February, like before free agency, mm-hmm. kind of give a post mortem on all of them. But just fresh in my mind because these are all teams in the divisional round. Speaking of fresh, my number one recommendation to any of you, if you are interested in having more success and happiness in life to work out in the morning. It wakes you up. It gets the endorphins going. It gets you totally prepared mentally and physically to take on the rest of the day. I work out every morning and love it. That's why I don't drink coffee or anything. The best way to start it is with Peloton. So many options. Obviously, all the cycling stuff. But they have treadmills, like my wife has, all kinds of classes, yoga. I'm a big yoga guy. Strength training. I do do some interval training, which I like. The key to me to Peloton is that it fits your lifestyle and your current fitness level. You can get a, a ten minute light walk, a forty minute kill yourself ride, whatever it is, right? Like you can you can do whatever they you want to do or what fits where you're at whatever music you like they got, and their instructors will motivate you. Even like seeing how your friends do on it, it's cool because you kind of get competitive. Like you want to be better than your friends at it. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Let's get to some emails, Jack. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. There, there's a lot of like coaches' interviews and this guy's interviewing me, the offensive coordinator here. And I, don't know, I want feedback on those two things. What did you think of the postmortem? And do you want me to go over all the interviews and be like, yeah, the Chargers are interviewing Luke Steckle for their offensive coordinator job. I don't know. There's just so many interviews. And I just wonder, do the other, do the other listeners care about who's interviewing for coordinator jobs for some of these teams? By the way, Luke Steckle, Princeton football player. Um, awesome kid. Awesome young man, I guess. So um, just something that jumped out to me. Uh, but let's get to the emails, because I unless you guys tell me you want to go over the interviews, obviously when someone's hired, someone's fired, that's different. But there's just so many interviews. It's like I don't have the time to be um, or the inclination, I guess. I have the time. I don't really have the inclination. I don't think that's the best usage of our time together.
1: All right. We'll start with Robert Pugsley, who says, Hi, Ross. I watch a lot of football and play Canadian rules for one year in high school. Defensive safety. I am constantly confused and frustrated by play stoppages and penalties for what seemed like silly and unnecessary offensive formation penalties, illegal formation, wide receiver not on the line, illegal shift, et cetera. Why are there so many silly rules for offensive formations? I'd love to hear you address this on one of your podcasts while I'm drinking a little black blue light. Thanks.
0: <laughs> nice Robert. Like the, uh, like the sponsor drop there in the email question. Um, so that's interesting. Because I don't know all the rules in Canada. I do know you're allowed to have one guy moving forward at the snap, which is wild. And obviously that guy has a major advantage um, when he's doing that. But why are there so many? I guess I would disagree with your premise. I don't think they're unnecessary. I think if you didn't have these rules, like there has to be seven guys on the line of scrimmage, you would start to have like anarchy of where people lined up and how they lined up. And it would, it would really lose the structure of the sport a little bit. You know, there's a reason why they have the rules. There's still plenty of room for creativity but um they only want to have one person moving at a time you know they don't want offensive linemen downfield when the ball's being thrown they want to make sure one wide receiver's on the line and then the other ones are off um, i don't know what to say other than i disagree with your premise that they're unnecessary i think i mean like canada has rules now What's different is they have the one guy going forward. But other than that, they have a lot of very similar rules. And the idea is you need to have some structure as to where people line up and what the rules are for where you can line up. It's already, to be honest with you, very, very complicated. Greg talks about it. We talked about it last week with everything going on with um, all of the the Niners, where they line up their five eligible receivers. So I think if, if you didn't have these rules, man, it'd be – it's already very complicated for defenses to know how to, how to defend some of the formations teams can already get in without giving them less restrictions.
1: Next question is from Pete Stones, who says, Ross, I love your enthusiasm for being a dad. Not just today's show, but you always get across your passion for for fatherhood. I have a 16-month-old and genuinely cannot believe the joy she brings to my life on a daily basis. Quick question. Have you ever thought about doing a podcast on fatherhood? Perhaps talking to other parents from around the league and just about their life as a parent. I can highly recommend Parenting Hell. It's made by two English comedians, and they interview other famous people who are parents and also share stories of their own. Give it a listen. Take care.
0: Wow. Um, That's interesting, Pete. I guess I would say I am constantly thinking about different podcasts, but kind of hard to start a new one. If you don't know, you're going to be able to monetize it or you don't know if it's going to be able to grow an audience that you can monetize it because you're basically investing a lot of time, a lot of time that might be for nothing. And time is extremely valuable to me. So I just don't really, I'm not looking to, like I would rather donate money than donate time. If that makes sense to like certain causes where if they, if they ask me to come to an event, and it's just going to be a big time commitment. I I'd rather, you know, make a small donation to the cause than than take up that much time. So, um, I love parenting. I love being a dad, but, um, I think I'd probably be more likely to start like a food podcast (laughs) or a beer podcast than a parenting one. But I will say this, um, you know, it's the greatest blessing of my life. I think anybody listening that has kids knows that. And if you don't have kids, it's probably not much I can say that it, it's hard to understand unless you have them. And the people that have them, you, you kind of already know, you kind of already get it. But it's it's truly incredible. And I appreciate you saying that. I would say in general... I have a huge, I'm just a very passionate person in general, like about football, about beer, about food, about my family, about my kids, about my friends. I don't know, like it's just the way I was born, I guess. I don't sense that same passion and energy from other people. And I I don't really understand it because I don't know how else to be other than this is the only way I've ever been. So I don't really know how else to be or why other people aren't like this, but I guess I'm just thankful that I am. I, I like that. I'm like this. I like that. I am this passionate about things and love things this much. And anyway, we good question. Keep them coming. Ross at Ross Tucker.com. We love your email questions. We love when you take advantage of any of our sponsors, send it to me. Ross at Ross Tucker.com. Shout outs to pizza, boy, brewing sport, a culture, human steakhouse sports.com go dash bangles.com evergreen economics vision comics with an X, back office scheduler.com and my front page story.com even money day big day i think we're done here thanks for listening to the ross tucker football podcast make sure to also subscribe to the fantasy Feasts, even money business of sports and college draft all available at apple podcasts dot or wherever podcasts can be found